Hello and welcome to another NL full-time podcast. It's a very special one uh, for you listeners this time. It's all about the three national leagues and the promotion finals. And we're kicking off here at Wembley. We're back at Wembley, which is fantastic news. And I'm joined for the first time, um, regular all season, of course, with the NL full-time podcast team, but off the lines, Joe Pope. And Joe... Uh, first time you've been involved on the media side at Wembley and I bet you're buzzing for this. Yeah, absolutely. My first time. Um, I can actually go to a game and just enjoy as a neutral today. Um, yeah, really, really good game in store too. The two really good sides and uh, yeah, it's going to be a cracker, isn't it? We'll try and get word with um, supporters from either side in our build-up to the game. But uh, as we sit here at the minute, we are ooh, probably around about an hour and a quarter or so away from kickoff at Wembley and, the, and, and it's just starting to fill up. Had a few little chats with supporters on the tube and of course I had that same feeling as you really, that feeling of neutrality today. You know, for so many of the people in this ground this afternoon, supporters of both sides, it's massive, isn't it? For Notts County, you know, an end to all their hurt and I guess for Chesterfield an end to theirs and unfortunately only one of them can progress. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, the three up, three downs not really coming to effect yet. Um, Rumours that it could, but uh, yeah, only one of these teams can go up. Um, obviously, after the fantastic season they've had at Notts, you'd imagine that they would be the favourites, but this is a playoff final and uh, it's all there for the taking. And um, we'll keep our thoughts on how we think it might go until we have another little chat once the team sheets are out. I think there is a clear favourite for this afternoon, but more of that in a bit. Let's see if we can uh, find some supporters of the Spyrites and of the Pies, the Magpies, and see how they're feeling pre-match. Right, we're down amongst the Chesterfield fans now, and it's good timing because the team's just come out. I'm with Malcolm and Karen, husband and wife, uh, obviously blue through and through, beautifully decked out. How are you feeling right now? Nervous, I presume, apprehensive, or are you confident? Nervous, but confidence is there. We're doing well at the moment. We've just hit a good patch, and that's what we wanted to do. And that was difficult last year, wasn't it? A little few things were against you. It was away, wasn't it, at Halifax? And, and then it didn't feel quite right, but this year, 12 months on, does it feel Feels more like lot. you're ready for it? Yeah, we've, uh, the manager's got his team now. It's a shame we didn't have two of them a bit earlier in the season, but... Uh, yeah, we've done well. We're keeping going. And squad we've got, if we can keep it, providing what happens today, we could have a good season next year as well. And, and hopefully it's not in this division. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, a relatively informed guess, that the two you're talking about is Colclough and Dallas. Yeah. Haven't so they been brilliant. Good? They Dallas, have been brilliant. Dallas had to wait a few games for his first goal, but the minute it went in, he was on fire, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And, well, that's what you get. I mean, you can't just bring strikers into a team and expect them to just click like that. They've got to get used to the team. And they've done well. They've all done well to get used to each other. And Karen, coming to you, how are you feeling at the minute? Um, good. Yeah. Good. It's been a good season again, hasn't it? You've had good football uh, there. You've yeah. had your wobble in the middle. We had a wobble. <laughs> yeah. But we've come through the and wobble. Paul Cook is an experienced manager. He's been yeah. here before, hasn't he? Yes. Has. He has, yes, he has, yeah. So optimistic. You're optimistic. And who's your favourite player? Um, actually quite a few, but I like Mandeville. I think he's done really, really well. 
this season. Yeah, it's all over the pitch, he never stops. And it was um, a terrific goal to get you it here, wasn't it? It was an amazing goal, yeah. And he's player of the season, so yeah. And uh, how, how have you recovered after that uh, playoff semi-final last week? I mean, that couldn't have been good for the heart, right? No, it wasn't. That, no, but I always thought I suppose <laughs> we've got to do the same as what County did. Let somebody score last minute and then win them in play. In extra time. But yeah, it would have been air-raising, that one. Because they're not a team that we usually do anything against, probably. They're one of them teams, aren't they? But, uh, yeah, they were good. They were good. And that goal, when it went in, it relieved a lot of pressure. I bet it did. <laughs> well, all the best for this afternoon. Unfortunately, there can only be one winner. Let's hope it's the team that deserves it on the day. So we're here in the uh, National League Promotion Final with Lucas and Rich. Um, firstly, Lucas, uh, how confident are you going into it? Obviously, finish the season in second, record season for points, for virtually everything. But that counts for nothing now. But how confident are you? I mean, I'm pretty confident. I just honestly think we can do the job. And obviously, Macaulay Langstaff has been absolutely brilliant this season. Yeah. But he's yet to really have a big moment against one of the top sides. Is this the perfect place for him to finally have that moment? Yeah, of course it is. It's Wembley, it's the biggest stage of them all. And Rich, obviously, we all know what quality Knotts have, but having watched Knotts and having seen bits of Chesterfield, how do you think you'll get at Chesterfield and cause them problems? I think we've got to get it out wide. Namani's probably the key to this, I think. Um, it's been a, been a bit of a revelation down that wing, getting the crosses in, and a bit, a bit of pace, a bit of pace, getting the pace. He's going to be the key today, I think. I really do think he's... If he turns up, we'll win. If it doesn't turn up, we might struggle a little bit. And on the flip side of that, as good as Notts County are, how do you think Chesterfield can get at Notts? Well, my one top tip would be to, because we do play a really high line at the back. We've been doing it all season. If they can, if they can counter that, that high line that we've got and get in behind, it's probably the secret to their game today, to be honest. And the games of the season have ended 2-all and 3-2, so do you think we're in for another high-scoring cracker? I've already, another bit of National League drama? I've because... already had a bet on both teams to score, so <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a given. Um, but yeah, I, th I, I do fancy quite a few goals today, to be honest. I normally say in these crunch matches that it'll be really, really tight, and it'll be 0-0 or 1-0, but it's going to be 2-1 or 3-2 or something like that. That's what's going to happen today. Enjoy, enjoy your afternoon. Quick final question, Jeff. And obviously, both teams won 3-2 to get to this point. Is it one where perhaps it could be decided on penalties? There's a really, really good chance this is going to go to extra time. Yeah, really good chance. The two really good teams. Really good teams. The final question for me. Let's have a prediction. What are you going for? I'm going for... 2-1 to Knox. And Lucas? I'm going 3-2 to Knox. Perfect. Right, we're back in the media box and the atmosphere is really building here. This isn't just two big clubs at National League level. This is two rivals, isn't it? And no fire needs stoking out there, does it? No, it's absolutely brilliant. Obviously, two great supporters and uh, supporter bases. We're in for a really, really big final. Both sets of, uh, of fans have turned up in their numbers. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to bill a, a promotion final to a spot in the EFL, you would have probably picked this and got no better spectacle.
Right, we're going to have a look at the teams now. And this is quite brave of me because as I, as I start this, we don't have the team sheets in front of us, but luckily Joe's got them to hand. Let's start with Notts County then. Uh, what do you make of their lineup? Slocum, Cameron, Baldwin, Rawlinson, Chickson, Naman, Bostock, Palmer, Austin, Rodriguez, Langstaff. Kind of picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the only real selection would have perhaps been Sedwin Scott up front. Um, seems like for as good as Sam Austin is, he always seems to be the man that gets taken off first. And uh, But he keeps his place in the eleven. Um, as for who I think probably could cause the problems, obviously you have to look towards Macaulay Langstaff. He's not really had a moment uh, against the big sides this season. So wouldn't it be fitting for the season he's had that he finally has it on the biggest stage of them all? Yeah, and interestingly, Luke Williams has resisted the temptation to start his match winner, to start Jody Jones, who came on and made all the difference in the semi-final. He has to settle for a place on the bench. Yeah, uh, on the bench, obviously, he'll be disappointed um, after the, the cameo he had from the bench. But it's a really good team with a really strong squad and that's the role he's got to play. And there may actually be real benefit of him coming off the bench and uh, getting at a perhaps tired Chesterfield team with his legs out wide. What an incredible atmosphere here. I was worried. I think I thought initially we might break the 47,000 record for the National League final. I think that was always going to be unlikely. Once it hit home, the reality of a national rail strike on this weekend. But nevertheless, some 13,000, 14,000 Chesterfield fans, somewhere I think between 22 and 25,000 Notts County fans. And the atmosphere is incredible and easily the best of the five playoff finals that I've covered for this podcast. So Chesterfield then fits Simons in goal. King, Palmer, Grimes, Clements, Jones, Oldacre, Mandeville, Dobra, Colclough and Dallas, and uh, Banks, Maguire, McCallum, only places on the bench. Unchanged for Chesterfield, no real surprises there? Yeah, no real surprise. I think the only one perhaps would have been uh, Lawrence Maguire. We obviously spoke to the Chesterfield fans and, and they said that that was the only change that they perhaps would have seen come in but uh, yeah you know they did really well in the in the semi on the semi-final to get through and he, Paul Cook's rewarded that um, I did note that uh, Tim Akinola is back on the bench for Chesterfield um, a really really good technical player and you wonder whether he could have some value off the bench against a very good not side the observation I would make um, which perhaps could come into play here is Chesterfield have not gone with a goalkeeper on the bench uh, for this one, whereas Knox have, and uh, you know, if there's an injury to Fitzsimmons, uh, Fitzsimons, then there, there could be a could be a dilemma there for uh, for this game. Matt, you and I have been at this final x amount of years going backwards. I am loving the atmosphere, and, and, and it's the realization, isn't it, that it's not just two big clubs at this level, but two rivals. Yeah, it's a huge, huge game. It has that? It's had that feeling all week. The build up to it, isn't it? And, Obviously seeing them get through on both of them get through on Sunday through their semi-finals and then the, the games quickly come around and you see the fans have travelled in their in their numbers desperate to see uh, their teams return to the football league and I can't wait really. Predicting things in this league is a mugs game. You know that, I know that. But I don't know, there's just some sort of levelling up since we got here. I think prior to the day I just thought well, not not so gotta do this, but that's a pretty big enemy the other end of the pitch, isn't it? That 
They've had a two all and a three two um, this season. There's not a lot between them, is there? No, there's not. I mean, obviously in the regular season, we, we all saw how not pulled away with Wrexham from everybody and how good they were and how well they they played. What a beautiful um, brand of football they play, and we enjoy all enjoy watching. And Chesterfield always, in a, in a really weird way, have kind of gone under the radar a little bit this year. There's not been sort of as much chat about them, but can't forget they finished there. They won a lot of games. They've got a lot of very good players. Uh, got a very good manager, very experienced. Who's um, you know, kind of these occasions certainly won't be phasing him. And and um, I'm just looking forward to a good game. I hope, just hope it. As we always say, you hope it's kind of won by the uh, the moments of magic and not the mistakes, and, and certainly not going all the way to penalties. And introducing Matt back to front, as we're already two questions in. This is of course Matt Badcock, editor at large of the non-league paper. And one of the things I'm just really pleased for you is that the finals on a Saturday the day before your paper comes out, hurrah. It's nice, it's nice, although that means I have to do a bit more work. <laughs> but no, it's great to have it on a, on a Saturday and um, we've had a few of them down the years and it's, um, it's nice to have it back and football on a, on a Saturday is how it's meant to be, I honestly. It's okay, listeners, we kept him away from the bar. He only has a coffee and a water in front of him. Matt, enjoy the day as ever and thanks for your great coverage and support of the podcast this year. Uh, thanks for all you guys. So here come the teams into a cacophony of noise here at Wembley. There can only be, I don't know, maximum close to 40,000 here, Joe, but what a noise. Yeah, brilliant noise. I was here for the, the final between Bolton and Plymouth a couple of weeks ago, and this, this tops it. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant atmosphere here, and what a show in store. Now, we mentioned that uh, there is a favorite for this game, and, uh, with the two of us, we slightly feel it will go differently. So my prediction's perhaps not going to be that far from the majority. And that is that I think somehow, some way, Notts County will find a way to win this game. Because for me, even when their initial tactical plan isn't the right one, they are the best team in this league at adapting their plan to find a way. Now, Joe, you slightly favour Chesterfield. Tell the listeners why. Yeah, I actually fancy Chesterfield, you know, one-off game, but more so I think Chesterfield are well suited to actually get at Knotts. We know how high line they high line they have, and I think Chesterfield have got the quality in Coldclough and Mandeville on either side to pick their moments, allow Knotts on the ball, and when they have it, break and get in behind them and cause them problems with their pace. Um, we've seen a number of times Knotts County caught out by that high line against Wrexham, against Boreham Wood in the semi-final, and I think... Chesterfield will exploit that this afternoon. Great stuff. We're in for a cracker, we're sure. So 3.30, kick-off, seconds away. Chesterfield in their home kit of blue shirts, white shorts, kicking towards the Notts County fans in the first half. And Notts County in their Magpies home kit, kicking towards the Chesterfield fans. 
Here we go. Chance here for Chesterfield. And the penalty has been given. First of all, they got in. Dallas managed to get the ball in. And uh, it was cleared away. But it's come again. And the referee's given the penalty. A big, big moment for the, uh, for the official. Some big decisions for him to make in the opening minutes, Joe. Yeah, what on earth has started from Slocum? He's been at fault for the free kick, which they gave in his own box. He then tried to have an argument with Dallas off the ball, and he's now made a rush challenge inside the box. What an awful start. I think Chesterfield are wanting him to get sent off already on a yellow. So the Chesterfield fans in full voice. We're eight minutes in. They've got the lead. All the pressure, all the tension, all the anxiety will have disappeared now from the Chesterfield fans. And they have silenced Chesterfield. 20-odd uh, thousand Knots fans away to our left, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot of singing from the Knots fans, but there's not a lot to sing about at the moment. Really good start from Chesterfield. They're really at them and, uh, yeah, really playing well at the moment. And every time you think the National League can't get better, it just does. We went into this season's playoffs thinking it can't top last year with a 5-4 win at, at, uh, for Grimsby at Wrexham. But the drama in those semi-finals, the two... 3-2 results, the extra time. And then you come to this and you think, I wonder if after all that it'll be a bit of a tame final. There's just no chance of it, is there? No, absolutely not. You don't get a moment's rest in the final. Certainly not in the National League. And, uh, yeah, really good start for Chesterfield. One of the things Joe and I were talking about before the game was that Notts arrived track-suited, Chesterfield in their suits. I said I'd go with the tracksuits. I want my players to be relaxed but it's actually the other way around. And now they're on the dugout down there. Luke Williams looks the more formally dressed and Paul Cook's in his T-shirt and shorts. Yeah, interestingly, Paul Cook did actually have his full suit on before the game and as they came out for kickoff uh, and did the national anthem, now he's on the touchline during the game. He's ditched that and gone to the tracksuit. Joe, it's been a, a quiet-ish period in the game, but not, they've, they've forced a corner here and a throw in there, but they haven't really... Uh, troubled at Ross Fitzsimons yet, have they? No, when they when they don't when they have the ball, Notts County, Chesterfield are really happy to just sit back and make it very compact. And Notts County are struggling to find those little half spaces that they often find so well in behind the fullbacks. Um, Namani's got him once or twice. We've seen nothing from the other side from Chickson. Um, but yeah, really struggling at the moment. Notts. Dallas is into the area, pulls it back, and Slocum this time gets it right and turns it behind. Yeah, and it's again, we talk about that high line. You know, they've done it so well this season, but they, I talked about it weeks ago. They've got to stop playing it so high because Chesterfield are picking their moments, spinning it over the top against a really slow back line of County, and they're just getting chance after chance after chance. So, Joe, 1-0 Chesterfield at half-time. Nobody can have any complaints about that. If anything, they might have been two up. Um, and really, the only positive I can think of for Knots at the moment is that it is only 1-0. They've got an opportunity to clear their heads in there at half-time. And Luke Williams has a lot of work to do, doesn't he? And in fairness, that is what Knotts County have been good at this season, changing things tactically when they've needed to to find a way to win. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the, the fact that in the semi-final they were 2-0 down against Bournemouth perhaps will help them. They've been in this situation before. They can adapt and tinker their system. Um, we talked about before how the 
the wing-backs playing really high for Notts County would be a real problem for them. And the fact that Chesterfield, they can spin into the space behind. And we saw that for, you know, for, the, for the goal, for the penalty. Um, and Notts really need to change. Um, I think Rawlinson needs to go into the middle of the back, back three um, because when the Marnies press so high, Chesterfield are getting so much joy in spinning it over the top and exploiting his lack of pace. Move Baldwin to the right of the back three um, and bring on Jody Jones to, in place of Sam Austin to, to, give, a, to give her some help for, for Namani that when they lose the ball, he can then uh, track some runners. I'm going to put an E on the end of Aaron's name as well and call him Arani Namani. <laughs> Effort over the bar. And it's probably the best chance Notts County have had in the match and it's come in the 50th minute, Joe. Yeah, and it's come from Notts willing to go forward and make runs forward and drag Chesterfield out of position. And when they do, they then pick their pass and Namani's in. Austin it was who drove it over the top there. Naman doing all the work on the right-hand side. But that little after-cheer from the Knotts fans, just, it's almost as if they're saying, finally, some, some hope, some realistic belief that we can turn up in this game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you always wonder how long you can uh, adjust into a final. Um, and it's taken too long for Knotts, but it looks like, from the uh, early minutes in this, in this second half, that they have just found their rhythm and playing a little bit more like we expect from Knox, pushing them a little bit higher up the pitch, winning the ball back with a little bit more venom. Joe, 25 minutes to go. Where's your head at? Uh, all over the place, to be honest. I'm really getting engrossed in this one now. Kedwin Scott coming on for Sam Austin. I thought Austin would come off, but Kedwin Scott coming on. Bit more of a reference point for Knox County up front. Bit more physicality. Jones has come in, obviously a really good crosser, and they've now got someone to be on the end of those crosses. 11 minutes left, Joe, and Chesterfield still looking relatively comfortable. A change for them. Quigley coming on to give them a real focal point up top. Dallas going off. He may have scored the winning goal, but here's Chesterfield on the attack again. It comes to nothing. But uh, Dallas, yeah, 10, 11 minutes away, plus added time from, from being the, uh, the winning goal scorer in this one. Yeah, a change for Chesterfield and a couple of changes actually for Knox County systematically. Uh, Rawlinson has now gone a little bit more centrally. Jody Jones and Aaron Amani have swapped wings uh, now, a bit more of an in-swing in uh, crosses. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Chesterfield will be happy now just to play it up to Quigley, who's a good target man centre forward. And Knox going to find their way back into this one just like they did against Borenwood. In comes a shot on the near post and it's smuggled in! Bostock has scored! Somehow it squirmed underneath Fitzsimons. And yet again, Notts County score late, Joe. Oh, we, I said it could be the moment. It is the moment, John Bostock. We talked about in-swinger, but it was the out-swinger over the wall into the bottom corner. One all, and we're headed for extra time. Wow. Goals change. Games and as poor as they've been all day, you just felt that Notts County would find a moment. Oh, do you know what, Joe? I never felt Notts were going to get back into it against Boreham Wood, and they did. And I never looked like it today, and they have done. And you wonder if it's written, don't you? Yeah, you wonder if with all these late goals, it's written in the stars. I, I didn't think they were going to get away back into this game. They've looked really, really poor, but they've got the goal. It's one all and. 
Now I just want to make sure they don't lose it. Here we go then into what feels like the inevitable extra time, Joe. Who do you think's best equipped right now to, to um, find a way, or is it going to go all the way to Pence? Um, I hope for the, uh, the drama it goes all the way to penalties, but you've got to favour Knotts now. They've got the momentum, they've got the goal back to take it to this point. Chesterfield obviously in hoping that they were going to see it out for 90 minutes. have already taken off Dallas, taken off Mandeville, so two of their best players, and their penalty takers, if they get there, are off the pitch, so you'd have to favour Knotts. What a strike from Armando Dobra. Curled in beautifully, Joe and I sat right behind the angle. The minute he left his boot, we knew where that was going to end up, Joe, and Chesterfield have got the lead again. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, the one thing you didn't want to do is let Dobber in on his right foot. They did not count in, they paid the price. Brilliant strike, and as you say, as soon as it left his foot, angled in the corner, and Chesterfield are back on top. <laughs> Half-time in extra time, Chesterfield 2, Knotts 1. It's a long way to get to this point, Joe, but still only a goal in it, and it's not done, is it? Knotts notorious for these late comeback goals, particularly in the playoffs, and I don't know, there's an eerie atmosphere right now. Uh, reality in the Knotts County fans that it might not be their day, and just nervousness from Chesterfield. They led for so long in the game. They're going to lead, you know, they led for half of extra time almost now. And they're wondering if they can get it done. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you talked about late goals for Notts County. They're going to need one now if they're to uh, salvage anything from this game. For Chesterfield, the message from Paul Cook, as he, he speaks to his players at the moment, will be just one last push, see out 15 minutes, and you will be in the EFL. Um, this is going to be a real test of, uh, of Notts County. Langstaffers had a couple of half chances towards the end of the first half of extra time um, but still really struggling to get into the game um, I feel there may be a twist left to come Well would you believe it, they've done it again Notts County a very odd looking goal but it's a goal and that's all that matters and it's come from an unlikely source on the day Joe Yeah an unlikely source, he's been absolute rubbish this afternoon but he won't care one jot now, he's scored Ruben Rodriguez, not the tidiest of finishes, in off the turf, over, bounced over Ross Fitzsimmons, and it's level again. Well, that's it, Joe. It's finished to all after extra time, and these two sides can't be split. Chesterfield have led for, I don't know what feels like, 75-80% of the game, haven't they? But they couldn't get across the line. It turns to penalties, and a big decision from Notts County manager Luke Williams. Yeah, it could be the, the Louis Van Gaal School of Excellence bringing on an extra goalkeeper in orange. Um, yeah, brilliant. Um, Archie Mayer come on. He had a, a little message from Sam Slocum as he went off. Um, and could Archie Mayer be the, uh, the hero for, for Notts County by saving the penalty? Yeah, 22-year-old on loan from Norwich City. Played a little bit earlier in the season for Notts County. Now he's got work to do not only for his club, but for the goalkeepers' union, because after that horrendous error, two errors in the opening five minutes from Slocum, he can do no more to help his side now. 
it's all down to Archie Mayer as both sides go into pre-penalty shootout huddle with their managers. So Notts clearly won the toss. The penalty's going to be taken at their end of the ground. They're frantically waving and booing as Ollie Banks, the substitute, steps up to take the first penalty for Chesterfield. And Archie Mayer, who may have had his hands on the ball during the game in those final three minutes, certainly hasn't had a save to make yet. Let's see what he's got. Lots of arm waving. He's doing his best to put off Ollie Banks, who's having none of it. Turns, starts a long run up, steps up and smashes it high to the keeper's right as the keeper dives to the left. 1-0 Chesterfield. Langstaff is first up for knots. He doesn't take penalties in the regular season. But he's first up for knots in the promotion final penalty shootout. And he scores a rasping drive high into the net, pretty similar to Banks. Brilliant penalty. One all. TJ Oldacre up against Archie Mayer. And Mayer saves it. What a brilliant save away to his right. And in that one moment, Joe, he's almost vindicated his manager's decision. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant save. His big frame got to it. Brilliant. Rodriguez then to give Knotts the advantage here. Missed in the semi-final. Steps up again. And this time he scores as Fitzsimons doesn't move a muscle. Yeah, well, what I like about that, unlike the game against Bournemouth, no faffing around. Maguire. Maguire, honours the sub, smashes home a penalty, dare I say, just like his brother in a big game. Uh, sending the keeper the wrong way, tucked it on the inside of the side net, and you can't take a better penalty than that. No, brilliant penalty. Jody Jones then. Left-footed. Up against Fitzsimons. Oh, beautifully tucked away by Jody Jones, who fist pumps to the crowd behind the goal. Yeah, I don't like the little dancing feet, but he slotted at home beautifully. 3-2 to Notts County after three penalties each. Other Magpies edging closer to the EFL here. And Jeff King misses Joe. That could be huge. Notts are on the edge now. Yeah, and how fitting after the coronation, it's the king that comes a cropper. And I've just watched the replay, and my apologies, it's a quite outstanding save from Mayer with his trailing hand. I don't think King could believe it. Look at this, Joe. Steps up and he saves it with a combination of his hand and his left foot. Yeah, everything there, arm, shoulder. Incredible acrobatics and... And John Bostock potentially to win it for Notts County here. John Bostock from the spot to make Notts County an EFL club. And it comes back off the crossbar. Would you believe he's gone for that type of penalty, Joe? Silly, silly boy. So Kedwin Scott then gets the opportunity that Bostock had. Can he make it count? Had that crucial penalty saved before, but this time he sticks it home. And Notts County are there. They're in the EFL. It's heartbreak for Chesterfield, whose players drop to the floor. 
in utter disbelief. Yeah, what an afternoon! They've done it! They always found a way! They did it against Boreham Wood in the semi-final and they've done it again! Great Scott! Rejoined by Lucas and Rich. My goodness me, most of the afternoon it didn't feel like you're gonna do it, but you got it done, Lucas. Yeah, I I'm just I don't, even, I don't even know what to say, I'm off the words. Oh, absolutely amazing. I told you earlier on it would be probably a tight one, you know, when we were talking before. Unbelievable. Two really good teams, really good teams. Deserve to be second and third. And what about that decision from Luke Williams to bring Archie Mayer on? I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the first penalty save was brilliant. The second one saved with a combination of his hand and his foot on his trailing side. He saved, he saved a couple of penalties already this season. I think that was the idea behind it, because I, I can't remember last time Sam saved one, so that was... And he spared, he spared Slocum's blushes from the start to the game, hasn't he? Yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing. But he's a brilliant manager, you know what I mean? He's, he's got him doing things I never expected, and I've been a county fan all my life, you know what I mean? I'm going to be 50 soon, and I'm old. And it's like we said, I mean, you'll be the first to admit, Knotts haven't played that well in the playoffs themselves, but they found a way, and that's what Luke Williams has been so good at. It's funny you saying that, because I was saying exactly the same thing earlier on. Uh, when we went 2 1 down, I went, it's, in the, it's not in the playoffs. We just we don't like the playoffs. We yeah, don't like the playoffs. Well, you can yeah. love them now. Congratulations <laughs> on returning to the Football League. Thank you. I'm here after uh, Notts County Sealer returned to the EFL. I'm with a very, very happy and emotional uh, Ollie King. Ollie, just sum up what you're, you're feeling at the moment. I don't think I can. Um, it's been an incredible season like with everything that's happened and I think the most moving thing for me is the fact that you can see Jason Turner wide smile up above in the Wembley stands he would have enjoyed that one and um, yeah I'm so happy um, I, I just can't can't believe it can't believe it and Luke Williams he made the big decisions he bought on Archie Mayer and uh, well he could be King Archie after a performance like that well, we've seen him. We've seen him uh, save penalties before. I think it was his first start. He saved one against uh, Altrincham away. So I don't know why, but I had a little feeling that um, he might he might come on and he might either want to save all the penalties in the penalty shootout because Sam Slocum has never saved a penalty for not since since arriving at Meadow Lane. Um, and yeah, Archie Mayer proves to be the hero. But I want to give a massive shout out to Kedwin Scott as well, having missed a penalty against Wrexham in that title deciding clash to step up and take that final penalty. He's got some huge you-know-whats on him. And it's fitting you say there, Kevin Scott obviously came off the bench, scored the goal that got knocked back to the EFL. And does it just show actually it's not just the 11, it's the whole squad, the fact that two people, Scott and Mayer, both came off the bench and we're the heroes for Knotts today. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Luke, Luke Williams has always been, you know, a key advocate for how much this whole squad means to him. You know, you've got four of the players today that featured three years ago um, against Harrogate in that playoff final defeat, and they've come, and then two of them have started today. And then I think uh, something else that needs to be addressed is the fact that 19 different scorers in the league this season. Langstaff may have 42, but the goals have been shared around, and I think that just shows the importance of everyone in this squad. They've all come together, and luckily, luckily, this special season has the perfect ending.
and how will you be celebrating after this? Lot, a, a couple of uh, a couple of alcoholic beverages, I believe. Well, I do have to drive home later, but I do have friends staying in London, so we'll see how much work I get done, and then maybe I might have a might have a shandy or two. And uh, you fittingly said it in that the last word, obviously a brilliant season culminating in promotion, but a word for Jason Turner and his family that he would have been so proud today seeing Knott's return to the EFL. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, yeah, I think just just to see his um, little flag, see his flag in the Wembley stands, it's a shame that he's not here, but to have him in spirit above all of the players as they celebrate lifting that trophy, and I think the players at the end had a picture and they were and they were parading a picture around him. He meant so much to this football club. He was the fabric that stitched everything together of this football club, and to to see that he's not here now, it is really emotional and it's. And it's just horrible to think about that he's not here to celebrate this but I know who's up there watching over and he'll be celebrating he will be it's a, it's a final it's Wembley it's everything that everyone wants and do you know the, the heartbreak of not going up it's, it's football it's, we've been around it long enough to know sometimes you don't always get probably what you might have deserved that's the nature of the game but I don't think no one can be good to not guarantee the promotion this year I think as I just said in the last it's not right that only one team's promoted in this league I think arbitration and sport must look at that it's not fair it's a really competitive league and rather than dissect the game today I'd rather say well done to Notts County congratulations to Luke and his team and let them go and enjoy I'm here with uh, Cole Cameron a very happy Cole Cameron I imagine um, and you're the captain that's just led Notts County to promotion to the EFL how are you feeling? Words can't really describe um, how emotional that was today um, just couldn't believe it that the way we've had all season I think we deserved it on the day maybe it's a bit 50-50 and when it goes to penalty it's penalties it's a, it's a bit of a lottery um, but yeah I think overall for the full season I think we, we definitely deserve it and at the moment I'm just a bit gobsmacked honestly of when, when I look back on this when I retire and I, I look at it I was a captain that led Notts County back to the Football League. I think it'll be a, a very proud moment. There's definitely going to be pictures of that all over my walls for, for years to come in the house, so brilliant. And one picture that may be on a couple of Notts County fans' uh, walls is uh, Archie Mayer. Only a young lad, but wow, what a, what a performance from him from the bench. Unbelievable. Um, on the, he's been brilliant all season. He, he's waited patiently for his time and... I think if you had a set of him, you'll, you'll only play a couple of games, but you'll come on and, and be the hero in the, the penalty shootout for the uh, for promotion. I think you would have, you would have snapped your hand off for that. So it just sums him up as a, as a guy, really, absolutely amazing. Uh, works hard, tirelessly day in day out, and like I said, waits for his moment and he, uh, he grasps it with both hands. So uh, I'm very proud of him, and I'm uh, I'm very happy to to call my teammate this year. And after the disappointment with uh, with Torquay losing in a final, does that make it all the sweeter, the fact that you can win today? I think so, yeah. I think I right a few wrongs from, from that day. We all know um, how bad that day was and, and how much that, that sort of hurt me with the, the two disallowed goals. That I'll probably... I always, I always think about that day and I, I never... I'll always 
regretted even though there's probably nothing I could do about it but um, for me I'm just so happy to, to sort of right them wrongs and, and get promoted at the, the second try so and it's your strong leadership that's uh, propelled Notts County forward to win today strong leadership off the field of, uh, of Jason Turner what a proud moment for, for him and his family yeah unbelievable I'm, I'm just so so sad and, and disappointed that Jason couldn't be here today it was such a a sudden thing a few weeks ago when when Jason passed away and it was an emotional few few weeks and do you know I mean I just want to sort of dedicate that to him today and to his family because what an amazing guy he was there's not enough words to put in there's not, there's not enough words to describe how how much of an impact he, he's had on the club and how much we've missed him um, the work he would put in behind the scenes was was unbelievable <laughs> You'll sort of, you'll never be able to understand unless you're involved with Jason and understand how much he meant to everyone and how much he meant to the club. So, I just want to say that today is for for him and his family. Carl, congratulations! You're back in the AFL. Thank enjoy you very it. Much. Celebrate well, as you Thank will. You. Enjoy it. Thank you very much, mate. Archie May has some cracking saves off the uh, the bench. You're only starting out in your career, but I don't think you'll have probably many more better than that. Do you think? I don't think so. Hopefully, we can always dream, but um, I don't think so. You know, it's been. Bit surreal to be honest, um, a bit lost for words as well, but yeah, just unbelievable, unbelievable. And Sam Slocum said something to you as you came on at the end. What did he say? He just said, This is your time, you know. Um, he trusted me, yeah. He said, This is your time, looked at my eyes, and I knew it was. Uh, he's been brilliant all season. Um, obviously, that's what happened today, but you know, Slokes has been there to win the 107 points that the team has um, and take us all the way to the playoffs. So, he didn't want this as much as anyone. Oh, I'm completely exhausted. I, I don't know. At the moment, I feel completely lost. I don't know what's going on. Of course, there's, there's doubt, but I have learned with this group that just don't don't give up hope until the very, very last whistle because they keep proving stuff to me. So, you know, I had I had a feeling that there will always be another twist, and thankfully there was. So that's just about it then from Wembley, where we've had yet another dramatic end to the National League season. Congratulations to Notts County, commiserations to Chesterfield, who will be remaining in the National League for next season. So I'm going to hand you over now. I'm going to pass the baton to Dickie Wharton to guide you through all the highs and the lows and the dramatic moments from the National League North final. Uh, it's congratulations to Kidderminster Harriers. They've been successful in their bid for promotion. They won the National League playoff final against Brackley Town uh, at Brackley in front of a crowd of 3,000, a capacity crowd at Brackley. Uh, live on BT Sport, they did it by a score of two goals to nil. Ashley Hemmings, who ironically was the, the first signing brought in uh, under the new ownership of Chairman Richard Lane when he took over the club. Um, he's been a talisman for, for them ever since, and he scored both of the goals, one in either half to give Kidderminster a, a deserved victory. They've been in stupendous form these last few weeks of the season. 12 games unbeaten, including yesterday's. Uh, there were three draws, but then that's finished with nine wins on the spin, six of them in the league, um, Six out of six in April to actually get them into the playoffs in sixth place. It was sixth against fourth yesterday. That's why Brackley had the home advantage. But um, it didn't 
count for an awful lot, unfortunately, for them against a Kidderminster side who, having finished sixth, have been away from home in the Eliminator, um, where they won 1 0 at Alfreton, a very good performance there. They then went to Kingsland Town, one of the other full time teams in the division, and won there by 4 1. And, you know, if, if there weren't already markers being laid down and warning signs about how good the Kidderminster Harriers were looking, that was certainly one. Um, and yeah, they just carried it on yesterday with a fine. Uh, victory. It's another season of disappointment, unfortunately, for Brackley Town. It's their fifth season in a row where they've not, well, they've got into the playoffs, but haven't managed to get it over the line. I know that will, you know, attract some comment from people um, outside of the club, but there certainly didn't seem to be any lack of effort from what I could saw yesterday. You know, everybody was on the same page, you know, they're on, under Gareth Dean. He is only their interim manager, but they were very. Um, they weren't there just to make the numbers up yesterday, but ultimately Kidderminster had too much for them. Um, I spoke after the game to a, a man who did have a few mixed emotions, uh, Kidderminster Harriers captain Shane Byrne, who, um, having been a Brackley Town player for a number of seasons, stepped away from the club, joined Boston. He he didn't succeed in the playoff final with Boston last season, moved on to Kidderminster this season, and finally he's got one over the line. He told me he's been in seven playoff campaigns in a row. This was his third National League North playoff final, his first success. Obviously, he was a very happy man after the game when I spoke to him. It really has, and for a long time this season, it looked very unlikely that that would be here, but credit to everybody at Kiddy, you know, the turnaround we've had from, from April to now to, to go and win nine games on a spin. To do it at any level, but to do it at the back end of the season, get into playoffs, and have steamroll into playoffs, really, and then go away to Alfreton, away to Kings Lane, and away to Brackley, and... and Concede one goal and, and, and score what seven phenomenal, you know, absolutely delighted. Yeah, I, I, I always say there's there isn't an easy way to do things in football, but people talk about doing things the hard way and three away ties in the playoffs to be successful. Yeah, listen, that's the hard way, isn't it? Yeah, these playoffs are really, really tough. I can, I can, I'm one to say that, you know, I've been in them six, six, seven years in a row and I've never gotten over the line. And I don't know, it just, it just felt like it was, it was my time this year and, and our time. and Kitty's a massive club and the, the following we get every every week and even when things weren't going well we're getting two and a half thousand it was just I think it's everything that everybody at the club Richard deserved and I'll, I'll include myself in that because I've had some, some bad days in, in these finals and finally it's gone the other way for me I mean you've had some here as well haven't you as well and with, with Brackley I mean it must be a slightly bittersweet to, to... it is it is and, and it's fully not something what we've achieved um, but it is bittersweet you know I count Shepard and Benzies <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd count Shepmore and Betsy as, as one of my closest friends and I shared a car with Gaz Dean, Jimmy Armson for five years, you know, and, and they came on my stag do and stuff, so I feel for them and I, I'm immensely proud of what, what Gaz and Jimmy have done, taking the manager's job and, and getting this club to the final because it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do at this level and um, yeah, it is a bit bittersweet. And now you've got the summer to look forward to and National League football. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I've lost in two finals and uh, it's a long summer. Looking back, thinking what what if, what we could have done better and this year's going to be a whole lot different, let me tell you. So yeah, uh, it's a well-earned rest, it's been a long season. Shane, enjoy your uh, celebrations Thank this you very I'm much. sure they'll go on for a long time. They will. Don't let go with that medal. That was Shane Byrne, the Kidderminster Harriers captain there and uh, yeah, it was a hugely professional performance from Kidderminster. They took um, advantage of a uh, a pretty awful error by Brackley only about 15 minutes or so into the game when Brackley had actually been uh, the better side up to that point in the game. Um, they'd um, 
that they'd had more dominance in terms of territory. Uh, and they were testing out the Kidderminster Harriers back line. Kidderminster playing with a back five. Um, Kyle Morrison, uh, Christian Pierce, Alex Penny uh, in that defence. A very, very capable unit. I say they are one of the full-time sides in the division, so they're very well drilled. Uh, it was an error by Brackley. The ball cleared against one of their own players on halfway. Ashley Hemmings was just waiting for that error. You could see uh, that, that that predator in him. He thought that that could happen. He was poised for when it did happen. Uh, and yeah, he was able to take advantage. He raced pretty much half the length of the field to beat Danny Lewis with a shot, which I think might just have been deflected um, by a late challenge that came in. Just a despairing challenge from um, Jordan Cullen and LeBird, I think it was, who was involved in the, the incident uh, that, that gave the ball to Hemmings. Um, but that gave Kidderminster a really crucial advantage uh, in the tie. They looked very professional when I saw them at Alfreton. Had, had hung on, more than hung on under pressure. They'd, they'd looked very capable. They actually seemed like they enjoyed defending as well. There was a really, really tight uh, unit and a good spirit. You know, Hemmings was back helping out in defence. It wasn't a, simply a case of, you know, standing on the halfway line and, you know, you're going to have to get the ball to me, lads. He was playing his part. Uh, and Russell Penn, you know, succeeded in getting everybody buying into the way that they were doing things. Hemming scored again in the second half on the hour mark. Um, and yeah, from then on, Brackley, uh, as much as they tried, they didn't really threaten the goal particularly. Hemmings went close uh, to scoring a third goal, which would have been a fantastic hat-trick goal. Um a couple of opportunities. George Carline had a shot blocked for Brackley, which um, could have made things interesting, but ultimately they were deserving winners. I also managed to speak after the game to their chairman, Richard Lane. Richard Lane, Kidder Mr. Harry's chairman. I'm not going to detain you too long because you've got celebrations you want to be part of, but uh, must be feeling hugely proud today. Yeah, very, very proud. Um, something actually we uh, we looked at, maybe we took the project on a few years ago and thought, right, how easy is it to get out of this league? And it's not easy at all. So uh, last season, looking really good. Finished obviously on a low after a massive high. Um, this year we were looking like, well, maybe 14th or 15th in the league, maybe halfway. And the guys turned it around. You know, it's all about believing. They know what they're doing. And a lot of people question what we were doing at the club. But the belief is there. And you've seen what we've achieved in the last sort of like four or five weeks. And it's just amazing. To go away three games on the trot and must we beat the best teams in the league is, is just amazing so i must say a number of things one russ and jimmy and, and their team you know their team unbelievable uh, they questioned themselves after the season and they didn't let us down you know they wanted the belief we had a 12th man away through the season and i believe that's what really made, made a difference i must thank massively our sponsors because they're the guys who work hard and put a lot of money into the club as well so uh, yeah, team effort, absolutely massive team effort and everybody involved with the club deserves this. Sure, and just say, you know, at the start of the season, I see you had such a high last season. Didn't start great this season, but, and there were a few calls for, you know, Russell's departure, but you, you know, you kept your faith in him, you've been rewarded. Yeah, we're all new to this. Um, you know, people can't expect Russell and Jim just to come in and, 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 you know, hit the high notes every time. Um, I think it's uh, part of the development. You know, you've got to really understand what bot bottom is. Um, you know, the players were, were looking like they didn't know what they're doing. Uh, management, everybody was booing us off the pitch. You know, I've never seen um, kind of minutes, ten minutes for you know the end of the game, the people just walking off. That's how bad it was. Um, it's a shame that people didn't have faith. I.e., everybody, but a lot of people did. And you know, 
God bless Russ and Jimmy and everybody involved to actually turn this around and uh, Minister, something to be proud of. And next season, keep supporting us all the way through the season. It's going to be a big, big, big season in the big, big league. And I actually truly believe that we're going to hold our own in, in that league. So uh, get behind it. But right. yeah, this is for Kidderminster. I do believe you will. And a nice bit of symmetry. Ashley Hemmings, he's your first signing for the club, wasn't he? A bit of a statement. Yeah. Two goals today, got you over the line. Yeah, and, and God bless a lot of people said what an awful signing. Uh, maybe one of the worst <laughs> signings. And he was the worst player we had half of the season. And people were shouting for, you know, to put him out on loan or whatever it was. But um, it came good. So yeah, it's, it's really the story. Don't write anybody off. Richard, I won't detain you. Go and enjoy your celebration. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. That was Richard Lane. Um, he spoke in that interview there. Uh, uh, he, he did it without me having to... Um uh, prompt him really about the fact that you know they'd they'd withstood a bit of pressure this year when the season hadn't started brilliantly there'd been a lot of expectation on the club because of that FA Cup run but you know it, it was always in his mind to stick with Russell Penn um, and and he's been rewarded by that and you know that was also on Russell Penn's mind when I spoke to him afterwards as well the victorious manager. If I was to write a book, I'd write it exactly like that. To win nine games on the bounce, to get promoted, um, amazing. And all the players deserve all the credit. I spoke to your chairman, Richard Lane, and he uh, spoke about, you know, the fact you're under a little bit of pressure earlier in the season, but, you know, um, he felt you deserved the chance, you felt you deserved the chance, and it's all paid off, hasn't it? Yeah, listen, I think that's what good clubs do. You stick with each other through, through um, the rough and the smooth. We had a fantastic year last year, and probably give me a little bit of credit, I'm going to be honest. Um, but... We stuck at it. We've all stuck at it. We've worked hard. A lot of, a lot happened behind the scenes, and um, got our rewards today. Sure, and it, you know, going into the playoffs the way you did, off the, such a good run. I mean, did you have a good feeling about going into them? I did, but you still got three away games. You know what I mean? And that's always tough. Going to Kingsley and um, and, and and today, um, just really and Alfreton, just tough, tough games, and we've managed them all superbly. Sure. And I suppose that, you know, you look at the calibre of teams you've done there and some quite different performances, I yeah. think, as well. I think that, to me, it feels like that stands you in good stead for, you know, National League next season. I'm yeah. sure there'll be some changes, yeah. there'll be some new faces in, some will leave, but you seem like you're, you know, you're set up for it. Well, as a club, we are. Um, listen, that, that's, I've seen a lot of big clubs get relegated um, from that league. You look at Scunthorpe's now, you've got to prepare right, you've got to, you've got to be professional. And I think that's what took us over the line in the last couple of months. We've just been professional. Um, a professional outfit on and off the field. Sure, yes, yeah, absolutely the word I thought, particularly that, that win at Alfreton, I just thought, you know, had professional written yeah. all over it. Um, thrilled for you, you know, Thanks obviously if Brackley had gone up, there's people I know are there as well, yeah. but you know, you've always been obliging and um, nah, yeah, I'm, thanks, I'm thrilled thanks for you. Support, well done. Cheers. That was Russell Penn, obviously uh, delighted. I don't know if you might have been able to hear the singing from uh, the Kidderminster Harriers dressing room in the background and I'd kept him from that. Uh, so I don't know, he might have thanked me for that. He might not have, but he was very obliging with his time as ever. I also managed to get uh, a few words with uh, Amari Morgan-Smith. He's the, the partner for Ashley Hemmings in that Kidderminster Harriers forward line. Hemmings was too quick for Brackley on the day. He was too quick for me yesterday he managed to get away but Amari Morgan-Smith uh, a bit more my pace and, and I managed to get a few words with him at the end of the game. Amari Morgan-Smith congratulations promoted with Kidderminster Harriers today um, must be thrilled. Uh, outstanding honestly amazing uh, the feeling of promotion again I've had it a few times in my, in my career but this season it's felt a little bit different to be honest um, we didn't have the best of starts in the season um, we've grinded ourselves through through the season to be honest um, and the last stage of our season has been 
absolutely outstanding. Um, and I always said to the people like close to me back home is once we get in the playoffs, I don't think there'll be any stopping us. Um, and we've shown that we've had to do it the hard way, three tough, tough games um, in the playoffs. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just immensely proud of the football club, really. And um, we're back where, where we belong. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, absolutely flying. As you say, you finished the season with six wins out of six. I think Russ would have been manager of the month if there was a prize for April. <laughs> yeah, but, uh... yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that's credit to ourselves. Um, from the staff, the management staff, Russ, Jim, and the players taking it on board really, because we had um, we had a lot of stick to be honest in the in the start of the season, um, and we've we've stood up to it and we've taken it like men, and um, we've we've come out the right end. You almost got your tr typical flying start today. You were close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just said to Chief then I didn't see it till late, um, so I had to react. I actually reacted very late, but. Um, looking back at it, I watch the highlights after. I normally try and stick them away, but um, Hemo was on song today, which is um, a good thing. If he's not on song, I'm on song. So um, that's what strikers do. We are, we obviously work together. Um, if one's not scoring, the other one obviously scoring, and um, we've done that all through the playoffs as well. To be honest, um, since we've we've started playing together, we've 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 combined it with a lot of goals, um, which is which is nice, and we've we've done it at the right time, which is also. Um, a good feeling. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you know, you make the space for him a lot of the time, don't you? A lot of the work you do doesn't yeah, get yeah. noticed a lot yeah. of the time. I mean, I get the hustle and bustle, like you, as, like you say. Um, a lot of defenders are, are focused on me more so because of the first contacts that every threat. Um, um, and yeah, I just try and impose myself on the defenders and try and give myself the best possible chance um, and trying to bring people into play. Sure. And you've got a bit of, uh, not too much time to relax now, but you will get a little bit of a close season now. So looking forward to a break and then looking forward to what comes next. Yeah, I mean, we did the same last season, to be honest. We had a long, hard season last season um, and we come back pretty fit, to be honest. Um, we, the lads look after themselves really well. Um, I'm sure we'll enjoy it tonight. Um, <laughs> have a longer weekend, as you say. Um, and I'm sure we will come back fit, ready to go and give us a good, a good account of ourselves next season. No doubt you will. Congratulations today. Thanks thank very you. much. Yes, thank you. That was Amari Morgan-Smith. He's uh, rounding up our uh, uh, audio that I managed to capture at the end of the game with the Kidderminster Harriers players and management and 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 board. Obviously, they're they're thrilled um, uh, to be going up into National League next season. I think they will be very worthy additions to the league. I think you know we saw in that FA Cup run they had last season the potential that Kidderminster have got. Um, you know they've been a football league club in the past and and they've dropped and um, that, but they are on their way back. I think Richard Lane and his board deserve an awful lot of credit for for stepping in. Um, that, that and. And and Harriers just seem. I, I think they'll they'll go quite well next season. I wouldn't be tipping them for the, the playoffs or anything like that. But I think they'll be more than capable of holding their own. Russ Penn's obviously going to have a look at the personnel that he's got on board there. But we'll you know give him a few days to enjoy this one first. It's uh, the, the the season has ended a little bit later for them, but. You know, he he said it was the best way to go up um, by by winning the way that they've won. Um, you know, and it was terrific. As for Brackley Town, they've got to um, press the reset button and start again. They are under the interim management of Gareth Dean after Roger Johnson departed just a few weeks before the end of the season. Uh, it is a fifth season uh, in a row of National League North playoff disappointment for them, which. Um, you know, it's, it, you've got to feel that that's going to take some getting over, um, that they are perennially seen as the bridesmaids 
Um, you know, I think some people perhaps might use other terms about them which aren't quite so complimentary. But, you know, the people of Brackley and, and, and the Brackley players themselves, they they wanted that one yesterday, but they just couldn't do anything um, in the in the face of that irresistible force that Kidderminster Harriers have become. Brackley need to find themselves a new permanent manager now. They'll be looking to appoint fairly quickly, I would have thought, because, you know, they've they've got a shortened summer now and they've got to get themselves ready for a new season in, in National League North when they'll be looking to go again and uh, yeah, you kind of get the feeling with Brackley if they're going to do it the best way they, they can do it is to avoid the playoffs altogether and go up um, as champions if they can but it's going to be another really really competitive division That's my final word on the National League North for this season at least in terms of uh, matches played um, I'll hand you over now to Ryan Matthews from the NLS Wrap he was at the National League South playoff final between Oxford City and St Albans for us. Beautifully sunny spring afternoon in Oxford was the scene for this promotion final between two teams for whom a step up to the next level had been on the vision boards for the past two seasons. Two tactically exciting young managers in David Noble and Ross Jenkins set out their stores with exciting lineups. The headline absence in a game of this magnitude was prolific marksman Sean Jeffers only being deemed worthy of the bench for St Albans. A record crowd of 3,100 at the Raw Energy Stadium created a compelling atmosphere for the hosts, who wasted little time in forging ahead. A fluid move down the left-hand side found its way to McEachran, who fizzed a pass into the path of hoop skipper Reese Fleet. Without a break in stride, he slammed a low drive into the net from just outside the box, giving Oxford the lead inside three minutes. Things went from bad to worse for the Saints, as a disastrous misplaced pass whilst trying to play out from the back found its way once more to McEachran, and the Hoops' main man showed his composure to turn inside onto his right foot, rounded a sparing Dylan Berry and slot into an open net. 2-0 within a quarter of an hour, and the home side were threatening to run away with it. On the half-hour mark, McEachran turned provider once more for the third, collecting the ball from Coyle on the left-hand side, driving into the box and laying it on a plate for Ashby to open his body and guide a right-footed strike into the far bottom corner. And then, deep in stoppage time for the first half, Josh Parker put the icing on the cake, latching onto a beautiful flick on to chop back inside onto his left foot and guide a gorgeous left footed finish beyond Berry. The Saints were shell-shocked at half-time, and as the second half got underway, they began to see more of the ball. Jeff's introduction provided more of a focal point for the boys in yellow and blue, and chances were created, Jeffers himself forcing on-loan goalkeeper Hay into two smart saves and a crucial block from Mikio preventing Neil from reducing arrears in the 66th minute. However, in truth, the die was cast with the commencement of the second half. Oxford settled into a back five with a midfield three in front of them and invited St Albans to try and break them down, which, with four goals against them, was always going to be a tall order. In the end, it was a far more convincing and stress-free afternoon for Oxford City than Hoops fans could have expected as they secured passage to the National League for the first time in their history. So, there we have it. Uh, the curtain is drawn on another National League South campaign and another thrilling playoff campaign. Oxford City, 
they are the team promoted to the National League and a really accomplished performance from start to finish for Oxford City. A couple of early goals which really set the tone for the hoops. Manager Ross Jenkins, he looked so calm after the game and that confidence and that belief was shown in his players. A really strong attacking performance. Zach McEachran, absolutely brilliant, one of the standout midfielders in the division this term. He got a goal with the composure you would expect for a player of his class. He's been reborn this year under Ross Jenkins. So Oxford City, they're in the National League. Uh, Ross Jenkins was quite coy afterwards, um, saying that they're going to enjoy their celebrations as they absolutely should. Um, and they will they will take some stopping next season. They will surprise a few. Um, they haven't got the biggest budget, the fourth lowest budget in the National League South, which Ross Jenkins confirmed afterwards. But they've done so well. They find players that they perhaps struggling elsewhere, they develop them, they have a philosophy, a clear philosophy, they're only part-time, they've obviously got the adage of a 3G pitch and they are absolutely brilliant and they're going to be such a welcome addition to the National League next season, Uh, really well done to them and to all those Oxford City fans at the start of the season that I said you were finishing mid-table, I'm so pleased to be proven wrong and to eat some humble pie. Um, Really good season for you. As for St Albans, a difficult afternoon, pretty much from the off. Um, There were some surprises, a couple of eyebrows raised, understandably, at the start uh, with the fact that Sean Jeffers was on the bench for St Albans. He's been one of the leading lights again in the National League South in the scoring charts. And he was introduced after half an hour for them to try and um, get them back playing and try and give them a little bit more threat. And yes, his introduction did give them a little bit more, but the game was gone since then. And interim boss David Noble rightly pointed out that whilst his introduction gave them a little bit more, it was the defensive fragilities of their side in the first half that saw them ultimately come a cropper. Um, So it's back to the National League South for them. Um, Another season in the sixth tier and they will need to regroup. Be interesting to see whether David Noble stays on at St Albans next season uh, in charge Uh, and indeed whether Sean Jeffers, um, who has once again been one of the star players in the division, whether he indeed stays on next season. Um, So there it is, National League South. It's over. Ebbsfleet are up as the champions and Oxford City deserved winners yesterday. Brilliant performance from start to finish and well done to Oxford City. It's Luke here. Hello. I thought I'd just pop up on this episode of the NL full time. Just say thank you to everyone for listening, all the fans who've contributed, all the managers, coaches, Rob, Joe, Dickie, and also Ryan Matthews. Don't forget to listen to our final pod next week, which will be on the FA Trophy final between Gateshead and Halifax. And we'll also be looking at our predictions as well, see who did really well and who did really, really rubbish. Don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcasting platforms and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at NL Full Time, and it's the same on Instagram. Have a great week. (laughs) 